You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Greetings. Hello, hello. This is Aaron here at Dad in the Trenches, and I am glad that you are tuning in today. If you have been following along, uh, either in the podcast or also on social media on our Instagram channel, um, you know recently I released a new logo for Dad in the Trenches that revolves around purpose, presence, and progress. The last podcast, actually, I unpacked some of that for us, and also on our Instagram uh, have been starting to post more about that and unpack some of what those aspects mean, what those tenets are. Um, and defining those. And today's podcast guest actually is going to also fit nicely right in with the tenet of purpose, specifically about vision for uh, you as a dad, and also hit on areas of provision, probably more specifically as it relates around money. But don't think about it just in terms of money. Today's guest is going to focus on multi-generational vision and how we define success. Typically, success is one of those ideas that you know generates, oh, that's your title or position, how much money you make, retirement status, all those kind of things. But he actually is going to give us a little bit different uh, viewpoint on that and how we should be thinking about success uh, as it relates to our purpose and our family. So I'm very excited for this. I think you're going to find an incredible amount of value in what today's guest brings. Before we jump in, uh, if you aren't following Dad in the Trenches on Instagram, you should. Just look us up at Dad in the Trenches, and uh, it's a great way to communicate that way, either direct message uh, or respond to some postings. Also, if you are a longtime listener and haven't already, if you're on the Apple uh, platform, Please do. Uh, would you just pause for just a moment, flip over to the main page for Dad in the Trenches, uh, tap those stars, give us a five-star rating, and even uh, just write a quick review, something you've liked about the podcast. mean a lot to me, and uh, also help others just find the podcast. And more than anything, if you've found any value, uh, encouragement, equipping, a challenge by this podcast, uh, do share it with another Dad in the Trenches. All right, that's it for me. We're going to jump over to today's guest. God bless, and here we go. My guest today is Jonathan Kennedy Jr. Jonathan, hey man, thanks so much for joining us today. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited to uh, speak with you today. Cool, cool. Hey, so uh, as we dive in, just tell us a little bit about yourself, You know what you do presently, seasonal life, family dynamics, all that fun stuff. So I am the um, proud father of three daughters, and <laughs> that keeps me hopping on a yes. good on, on a daily basis. 
Um, so, so we have the 11 year old, nine year old, six year old, um, and my wife, Katie and I, and, um, we live in Richmond, Virginia and, um, we, we, our dog is 14 Casey. <laughs> so she's still around on the last couple uh, of years here. And uh, I'm surrounded by women, Aaron, and it's just, <laughs> it's dynamic and fun. And there's a lot of fires that get put out, a lot of emotions that are thrown around the house. And Gotcha. Uh, Estrogen dripping down the walls. <laughs> it is. Absolutely it is. But um, it's exactly, you know, all right, so my wife hates this story, but I'll tell you. Um, when I was growing up, I always had a lot of friends that were girls. And I've always for whatever reason, been very comfortable talking to girls. When my buddies in high school and college wanted to bring girls over, they're like, hey, Jonathan, who do you know that will come over and hang out with us? And that was one of my roles. And, uh, and I always laughed and I was like, man, I love, when I, when I grow up, I just want to live in a house full of women. And I wasn't really thinking <laughs> a wife and daughters. I was thinking, you know, 18 year as an 18 year old would think. And yeah. uh, so anyway, God answered that blessing and that prayer. And he gave that to me in the form of my, my four women in, in the house and it's been absolutely amazing uh journey that we've been on over the last 15 20 years my wife and i together it's been awesome cool and yeah. and we'll get into some of this too as as we dive in further but just you know give us a snippet on what you do for work yeah so um i try not to think of it as work but it is i guess at the end of the day it is right but um i'm the founder and owner of two companies one is endeavor capital llc um, which is a boutique financial planning firm. And we specialize in working with family-owned businesses. Um, and we teach them how to have multi-generational wealth, which we'll get into later, what real wealth looks like and how we put that together. Uh, and then I'm also the founder of another business called Strengthening Endeavors. And that business is a coaching business uh, to teach leadership. Um, and so both of these fall under the umbrella of the Leadership for Your Journey companies, cool. uh, which is kind of the vision of where uh, I see people going and, and things that they need to have happen in their lives over the next you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Cool. So, you know, everybody has kind of a, a story and this is, you know, this being dad, the trenches, you know, talk to us a little bit just about your background more uh, growing up, you know, impact of your father, you know, emotionally, spiritually, that kind of stuff as well. Absolutely. Um, so I'm actually going to talk a little bit about my grandfathers. I've two, I had two really amazing grandfathers Cool. Um, both served in World War II, both literally came from nothing. I mean, my dad's dad had um, one change of clothes as a kid. He would come home from school and he'd change into his rags. Um, he, he lived in the inner city of Baltimore. He was born in 1918. So that kind of gives you an idea of the time mm -hmm. frame that he grew up in. Um, so both of those guys were born around that time and had huge impacts on me. Um, because I had the opportunity growing up to write stories about them for history class and for other things that were going on. So I, yeah, cool. I had a real connection with my grandfathers, um, which really shaped me a lot and really kind of formed this idea of the long view and multi-generational wealth. Because if you think about grandparents, right, there's not a lot of bad grandparents. You think of most people think of their grandparents are very fond memories of them because they mm -hmm. just love you un unconditionally. Um, and so that, that, that's been really important. Um, my, my father, John senior is a great guy. Um, he was the guy that was coaching all of our sports. He was there for all of our activities. Um, and, and it was great to have him around and very focused on us. Um, the interesting thing is as time's gone on, 
Um, our relationship's gone up and down. We were, you know, we were a little too close when I was in my twenties. Um, and then it was interesting. Once my oldest was born, he and I had a conversation one day. Um, and he, he's like, you know, I just want you to know something. I said, what? He goes, you're doing things I never did. And I said, what do you mean? You were always around. You were always doing stuff for us. He's like, no, 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 no. I did the things only I wanted to do with you. Hmm. And that really hit me because I thought I was acting out what was done for me. And I was doing a little bit of everything. Primarily because I just think as the the dad, our job is to be present for our family. That's first and foremost. Um, And so that really opened my eyes. And then we got talking and I've noticed some other things through the years um, that have shifted around that. Both my parents are married my whole life. And I have a brother and a sister as well. I'm the oldest of three. And so, um, uh, you know, and we've all lived in, (laughs) we all live in the same town and have for my whole life, other than going away to college, which is kind of crazy. Talk a little bit more to us just about, you know, your own fatherhood in the trenches story. You know, you still got some young ones in the house and, you know, learn to be a dad tagging on to what your dad said of you doing things he never did. Uh, Talk about some of that balance of you know, work and spiritual life and all that kind of stuff. And then something difficult you've had to overcome yourself as a dad. Absolutely. So when my oldest was born, well, let's go back. So we're in, in March of 2009. I know we've been through a crazy time here recently, but in March of 2009, everyone thought the sky was really falling because the, um, all the, the market indexes of which most people's finances are tied we're down two thirds from where they are today. And that's when I started my business. It was March of 2009. <laughs> I started when everything was at the bottom that it had been since the 1930s, okay? <laughs> and um, in April of 2009, my daughter was born, okay. my first daughter. And then in December of 2009, my wife came to me and said, can, we, can, can I stop working? Okay. And, and so within a very short period of time, I went from starting a business to having a child to losing half of our income. Right. And actually, my wife, my, at the time, my wife was earning more than me. And, so, and all of our health benefits, everything we had was tied with her, right. what she was doing. Um, but I don't, I don't ever remember being stressed out about any of that because we had saved enough money to last the business at least one year. We had, we had worked together, but we were in lockstep about how we wanted to raise our family. And that was kind of the turning point for me. And when I had my, when we had our first child, um, it was not a, oh no, we have a kid. It was a, yes, we're taking the next step in life. And I'm so excited to be able to have the opportunity to influence this life because who knows how many ripples she would have versus what I have. Right. And so that that was what started that and then over time we started i i just was very intentional about okay i'm gonna spend time with this kid you know here's this little girl um i had one sister growing up but uh, uh, you know and i hung out with a lot of girls but here this is a girl of my own right i've got to i've got to show her what does it mean to to be treated with respect and honor how do we do this um so when she was about two uh, we ended up there was a lot going on in the world back then. There was the tsunami in Japan, and I mean, things are still in turmoil. And I very much remember hearing um, someone say, if you don't teach your kid your values, they're going to learn them from somewhere else. 
right? And I had a two-year-old mm-hmm. and I was, you know, at this time we started looking at how would we do schooling as a family, what would go on. And, and so I said, okay, well, how am I going to teach my kid my values? Like, I mean, I, I guess I could brainwash her a little bit, right? And <laughs> like, how do we do this? And, um, and so that's when we came, I came up and I was traveling a lot for work then. And whenever I would leave town, I would write my wife a note and I would say, Hey, if something happens to me, here's where this money is. Here's where the life insurance is. You call this person to do this, this, and this. And she would <laughs> always text me or email me back and be like, okay, thanks. You sent this to me three times and I don't really want to think about this. This is not important. And I was like, no, it is. So the <laughs> one time I was leaving and I was like, I've got to do the same thing for my kid. Right. And so I emailed, um, I emailed five friends of mine, five dads that I respected who all had older kids. And some of them were 20 years older than me. And some of them were one year older than me at the time. And um, then I sent them this notice. I said, look, if something should happen to me, will you promise to teach my kid X? And, you know, one guy was, would you teach her to hunt? Another guy was, would you teach her about (laughs) real estate? Another guy, like all these just topics in life that they had taught me about. Right. Right. Or that I spent time doing with them. And then it spurred me to the next point was, oh, there are certain things that we believe in that I've got to teach my my kids. And and I sat down and I wrote this kind of little manifesto and it said it goes like this. And and I and so I here, you know, number one, let me just uh, encourage men to come up with their family, what do they believe in statement. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this has nothing to do with anything other than what you and your wife believe in as a family. And and ours, and ours goes like this, and, and my theology's changed over time, so I, I probably would change a little bit of it, but I'll just say it as it is, because it's mm-hmm. easier for me to remember that way. It says, we believe in God, Jesus, and our family, that your body is special and no one can tell you what to do with it. Remember, I have three little girls. Right. That, that mom is smart and wonderful, hard work and study, freedom, responsibility, self-respect, honor, courage, and authenticity, the 10 commandments. And then I added in the constitution and the bill of rights. Those are the things that we believe in. And ever since my daughter was two, and then the next one when she was two, and the next one when she's two, every night before bed, before prayers, we go through what we believe in. And they all can recite it verbatim. Um, And then I ended up making posters and put it on their wall. So they have these posters that I had made. so these little manifesto posters on the wall, which, uh, which is they're pink and purple and they're pretty cool. But that, those are, you know, that, that kind of really pushed me to say, Oh, I, I, I'm more, I'm so much more responsible uh, for things other than me now. Right. It's not just me and my wife. Like yeah. my wife was earning, earning as much money as I was mm-hmm. or more. Right. And, and so she was self-sufficient. She didn't need, you know, at that time she didn't even need me. Um, but now all of a sudden here's this new life and the new life is here and I'm in charge of that new life. And God has entrusted me. What a responsibility, right? Think about these children and, and even your wife that like God's entrusted you to steward these people. They're people, right? Mm-hmm. And he's entrusted you to do that. Not anyone else. You, these are your people. Yeah. And, and as a man, that was just really um, convicting and it's just it's something that I really love jumping into. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. That's powerful. It's encouraging as well for our dads to to dig in and do as well as come up with their own kind of what we believe in, their mission, that kind of thing. Love it. 
Um, you know, let's talk a little bit more about just, you know, uh, you're, you mentioned about Endeavor Capital, leadership for your journey, you know, give us some, some vision behind that, some more on mindsets for multi-generational wealth. What does success mean? You know, those kind of things. Yeah. Um, so first and foremost, I would encourage everyone to, to think of life as in, the, in the context of the long view. Right? I'm going to go back to, I want my kids to be good grandparents. If I can take a two-year-old and make her an awesome 82-year-old, then that would be all, that, that's amazing, right? And so that means from age zero to age 18, we've got to teach them how to be independent and, and to think and act for themselves within the confines uh, of what's most important. And, and that's, that's, that's where I would start. Okay, where's the long, what, what, is, you know, what is success? Let's define it. Success is defined as the long view. Um, and myself personally, I'm 42 now, so I'm halfway through my life and I'm going, okay, what is the most important thing I can do today for that long view? Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it goes through every part of life, right? It's, um, and so that's where the, the five forms of capital come in when you think about your life. So the five forms of capital that we look at with, with our clients and that I think everyone should take a look at is um, you have your human capital, intellectual capital social capital, spiritual capital, and financial capital. Mm-hmm. And within the confines of each family, every member has that. And the job of the financial capital, if you think of it like a hand and a thumb, if the thumb is working, the hand can grasp things, right? So the financial capital's job is to support the human, intellectual, social, and spiritual capital of each family member and where they are at any given time. Cool. Right? So does that make sense? So, yeah. so that's, that's the key is to say, okay, what am I doing? What am I doing this for? Here's an example. Three years ago, I sat down, and you know, in my business, I could go to a networking event every night of the week if I wanted to. <laughs> Literally, could go, and I could justify it. And my wife would totally say yes, right? Because, honey, I need to go out, and if I don't go to this networking event and meet that next client, then my business may go away. Right? Mm-hmm. I could legitimately convince. That night. Well, go back in time when my daughter was two, my oldest was two. I made the decision that I would be home for dinner every night and that we would eat dinner as a family every night together. Mm-hmm. And so um, that means that I had to be home by 5 30 every night. And when our family was young, I was the one cooking the meals. My wife has since learned that, that skill extremely well. And, um, and we've really grown from it. Well, so Two, three years ago, I sat down and said, all right, if I had all the money I needed, what would I do different in life? And what I realized was that, I, A, I already had all the money I needed, right? Because I, the definition of, of success uh, that we each have um, should be designed around the thing that's most important to us. And for me, that was my family and how do I shepherd my family? And I sat down and said, okay, if I had all the money I, I needed, what would I do different? The one thing I came up with is instead of getting home at 5.30, I would get home at 4.30. And the reason I would get home at 4.30 is anyone who has kids my age knows between 4 o'clock and 6 o'clock every night, they are little terrors. <laughs> it's the witching hour. <laughs> it is. And mom's, and mom's just trying to hold on until you get home. And, 
and you know she's trying not to open the the, the vino, and you're you're trying to come home, and you've got to decompress in all of three minutes in order to insert yourself into the situation, right? So that so that everyone is diffused without any inappropriate stuff going on and yelling and screaming, <laughs> weeping and gnashing of teeth, right? So so I said, okay, four thirty, and I'm not great about this. I'm, I do this about half the time, but. Um, what I, what I realized was my business and my work was already providing me all the resources I need to be home at 4.30. The reason I wasn't is I wasn't disciplined enough to create the habit to leave the office by 4.15. Mm. And once I realized, because right, what is a habit? Habit is just a little, little action to spur a certain result that we wanted. So my, my result I wanted was to be home at 4.30. So then I had to figure out what little thing can I do at the office in order to remind myself that I got to go. And part of that was how I decided to schedule my day. And so that's when that we, that I realized that, Oh, well, all the resources we need are given to us. I don't need to win the lottery in order to live that lifestyle. I just need to build it into my time because my time is being given to me as a gift and I need, and I have authority over that time. So I need to go use that. Hmm. And, and so that, that's one example of that. Um, so let's talk about, what is success, right? So typically people talk about success as being wealth, achievement, status, and that kind of thing. Right. Um, and I would like to challenge our listeners and everyone out there that, okay, it's not about living a life of success. It's about living a life of significance, right? And what does that mean? A life of significance is full of um, generosity and service and relationships. Hmm. And having generosity, service, and relationships trumps all other things and when you have that not only will your business thrive and your marriage will be well and your relationship with your children will be well you'll be moving in a path that is more similar to what god's asked us to do yeah. and then and then people will see fruits of the spirit come out of that yeah and so once they understand the fruits of the spirit come out then people want to be around you and then now you know all the doors open and, and life just kind of blooms yeah. As opposed to what a lot of us deal with is that drudgery, right? Right. Um, so that's when we're talking about the five forms of capital, human, intellectual, social, spiritual, and financial capital. Each person in the family has that. Each family has that collectively. And how do we steward that? We want to steward that for a life of significance, not a life of success. And, and that's been really important. So that also dovetails back into you know, what have we been entrusted with, right? And we've been entrusted with four things that begin with T, I like to use the T's. Time, talent, treasure, and touch. Yeah. And your touch is your influence, right? So you go back to, if I'm living a life of significance, I'm just trying to influence others. And then, you know, on our worldview, I'm trying to influence others for the glory of God. Yeah. Right? So I'm waking up every day, and my prayer is, thank you, Lord, for letting me wake up today. Thank you for allowing my daughters my, to be my wife's husband, my daughter's dad. And thank you for the clients that have entrusted their time and talents and treasure with me. Let me have a positive influence on everyone I come in contact with for your glory today. And now you're moving forward and your heart's in sync with God. And when that happens, everything starts to meld together and your relationships heal you know, and all the other new things that you're pursuing 
would hopefully be lined up with his plan. And that way they will be uh, bearing the fruit they're supposed to bear. Man, that is so good. Uh, I just love that because, right, the American dream says success is you work all these years, you cross a finish line of called retirement, and then you get to go do whatever you want to do. Really, it, it, and to some degree, it sets you up for failure, not success, right? Because you've been so fixated on one aspect of this life um, that's not significance. It's, it's about success of attaining this finish line. And so it's like, you get to that finish line and you look back and you see potentially all the missed relationships, missed opportunities, dead bodies along the way, you know, like (laughs) skeletons. Yeah. Yeah. All the things that like you neglected on your chasing of this quote unquote success or this dream of financial independence or not having to work anymore, whatever the case may be. And so it's like, that just really puts it in perspective of this is this is actually about significance. It's not about just one particular component of success as defined by someone else, right? <laughs> as defined by the culture as a collective in American right. life, right? Absolutely. Well, that, and that's the fallacy because we abdicate our authority to the culture to tell us what success looks like. Yeah. When in reality, God has already written it on our hearts. We know what success is for us. Mm-hmm. We just have to be able to slow down, have enough quiet time in and in, in, in community with him so mm-hmm. that he will give that to us. Yeah. And then we go out and do it. I mean, so I have this, this belief, right? It's, I think every family is, is unique in that you and your wife were put together for the purpose of raising your children and having the community you have on purpose. And so that uniqueness needs to be celebrated. You can't celebrate that uniqueness if all you're doing is chasing worldly success. It doesn't happen. It's impossible to do it because you're never going to be around enough. And you're always going to be thinking about yourself and you're not going to be able to step outside of that and go, which one of my family members should I be? You know, who's, who's not, who's not being heard right now. Right. As soon as you have more than two children, Someone's not being hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so we got to be cognizant of that and understand, okay, you know, there's a, um, the old adage, right? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the quiet wheel is the one that needs the grease because that's the one right. that it, that's really lost. And yeah. need someone to go and kind of pull them back and say, it's okay. I got you. Yeah. Come, you know, come with us. It'll be, it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you said financial independence, and I think that's an important terminology. I would also love to challenge everybody to say, look, I'm not working towards a retirement age. I don't, I'm not carrying an orange number around like that commercial had years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> financial independence, um, and this is this life-changing, because I think um, being debt-free and I think um, managing your budget and all that stuff is good and important. Um, and I think it's biblical and it's scriptural and we should be, we should be striving towards that. Um, and I think in order to do that, we have to shift our brain from a retirement number to a financial independence concept of all that means is I have enough income coming in to cover my current expenses. And if I do not, then I need to change my expenses. Mm. Um, and I learned that. So my mom, my mom's a very influential, you know, in my life as well. And she sent me an email six years ago 
from this rabbi in California who had been answering. She liked what he was talking about, all his Old Testament stuff. And so a 65-year-old couple sends him an email and goes, hey, we're retired. We've been playing golf every day. And, da, 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 da. and we're just very unfulfilled. And he responds. He goes, and then, you know, he, he's a wise man. He's probably in his 70s. He goes, well, look. God created people for relationship with others and to serve others, not to sit around and play golf and indulge ourselves. And, and, and I just remember that very vividly. My mom said that to me. He goes, this is what you tell people. I was like, yes, you're right. Thank you. I'm going to use that because it's so, pow- it's so powerful yeah. to understand that significance means generosity, service, relationships, pouring into others where they need to be poured into yeah. Meeting people where they need to be met. And if you can do that, then the spirit of boldness comes upon them as well. And now they're growing. And when people grow, really beautiful things happen. to continue part of that, you know, everything is on loan from God and um, our job is to be a good steward. I think the understanding stewardship is important. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if we're going to live a life of significance, we're just stewarding assets, stewarding relationships, stewarding time as we've been given. And we do that as best we can, as long as we can. Uh, and when we're living significantly, what we're doing is we're embracing where we are. We're understanding that impact and influence starts with me. We have to have personal responsibility in this. Um, and we want to be with those who've been put in front of us. And, and that's a trap that I fell into years ago. Um, it's kind of, it's a little embarrassing now, but um, <laughs> I always wanted to hang out with the cool kids. And who doesn't, right? Everyone wants right. to hang out with the cool kids. <laughs> but once I started defining who I thought was cool, my cool kids have changed. And now I want to hang out with, theologians and um, the ruling elders in my church and people who are older and wiser than I am. And, um, that, that My life has changed quite a bit. Um, my favorite is hanging out, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that I get to deal with a lot of men in their 70s and 80s, and I just love sitting at their knee and just listening and, and I, you know having them tell the story of how they started their business right. and what drove them to do what they were doing. Um, and it's funny because it always starts with what we talked about earlier, success, right? Achievement, wealth, and status. And then once they get to a certain age, it flips over and they're like, oh, now I, I haven't worked, you know, like I haven't worked in 25 years. I go to see the shut-ins at the, at the local um, old folks home. And I'm like, yeah. but they're your age. She's like, yeah, but I can still go talk to them. Um, and that, you know, that kind of mindset shift over time. Cause I don't think we come, we don't come out of college with that. We're not raised, um, at least I wasn't. So, you know, I always wanted to be in the group with the guys that were doing the thing, uh, whatever the thing was, I didn't care. I just wanted to be in that group. Uh, and then once I realized, Oh no, embrace who's in front of you at the time. Those are the most important people because they're there. Not wishing I was with the other people because I'm not with them. Right. And, and so using your, your time for impact and influence in that moment, yeah. um, it's really important. You know, the, the present changes every two seconds, right? Cause it's moving past us, but um, 
if if you slow down and you're able to put technology aside and be be there, um, and people remember how you treat them, they they remember that the relationships are important. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm, you know, where we go with what we're doing. What you're pointing out to and you're pointing towards is the why, right? Yes. There's we're so in our culture trained for the how and the what it's and we don't get deeper into the motives and the motivations and the why I'm curious with the 70 and 80 year old businessmen that you sit with and you ask them that how'd the business start? How'd you get into this? Were they very much aware of the why at the time or was it, that's something that you kind of alluded to maybe that came later? It's a good, yeah. So most of these guys, they wanted to provide for their family beyond just the normal means. And they said, I'm going to start a business. But they literally were working out of the, a shed in the backyard or they mm-hmm. were working and their wives were working with them as doing the bookkeeping. And then all of a sudden babies would come in as <laughs> to be wealthy or have a ton of money. They set out to provide for their family in a way that was better than they had, which I guess goes back to is, is significance. It also ties into success, right? especially that generation, because the fifties and sixties, they weren't that you know, those values were intrinsic, but they never talked about it. Mm-hmm. They were in, they were in there, but they never, you know, today we talk about all of our values and feelings and attitudes, even men do. Right. Um, maybe to the detriment, right. A little too effeminate at times, but that was what was at their underlying. When you get to talk to them now, it wasn't about the achievement. It was more about, I just wanted to give my family something I didn't have. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was the same thing I grew up with my grandfathers. Yeah. Uh, especially my, my, you know, my dad's dad, who had literally hit me when he grew up, he, his dad died when he was six. And, um, he, like I said, he had one change of clothes as a kid and he would always be teaching and exhorting my brother. And I look, boys, you need to understand this is how this works. This is how that works. You need to understand the common denominator of success, doing the little things no one else wants to do. Right. No one wants to sit down and write a family mission and vision statement. No one wants to sit down with the right wife and define success for their family. Right. It's easy. Just, it's easier just to turn on the TV, watch the sports, go to the, you know, go to the happy hour with your friends. And that's, that's why I think it's just so important that we slow down. We sit down with our, we, I mean, Aaron, if we're willing to do a mission and vision statement for our office, for willing to adhere to those values in a work setting, why wouldn't we do it at home? Yeah. Those aren't your relatives. Those aren't your kids that God gave you to, to grow and develop. So why would you not do it at home? You got to do it at home. Some big, long drawn out, you know, I'm paying a marketing agency to do it. It's so, so here's the easiest thing I can tell people to do. How do I define success? You finish this sentence. We are successful if dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. So my family and the Kennedy family, my wife and I came up, we've been trying to change this for six years and we can't change it. We are successful if we've created a loving, nurturing environment that allows our daughters to become who God created them to be. It's very kid centric right now. I'll right. get some criticism. I know I'll get some criticism on that. And I have <laughs> criticized myself for that. And my wife and I talk about it. But the ages of our kids, this is where we need to live right now because they all have a lot of things going on, whether it's developmentally or emotionally that they need help with. Um, 
And so the, then, then after you look at what that definition of success is, then you go, okay, dad, what is your job? Mm-hmm. I got to find a church that I can be in that's going to strengthen me so I can strengthen them. Mm-hmm. I've got to, I got to teach them every day. Mm-hmm. Scripture. I've got to pray for them every day. I've got to pray with them every day. All right. Oh yeah. By the way, you got to go to work. <laughs> you got to treat their mother with respect and honor, <laughs> you know, all the other things that come with that. But those are the building blocks of what that definition is. And once we start doing that, um, then we start growing. Now, part of that, that uh, some of this that needs to have be a part of this too is also having in those relationships, having a core group of brothers, other men that you're walking through life with. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is why I love dad in the trenches. And I love what you do. And I love how you're promoting and encouraging men because um, guess what? We are in this together. Yeah. And those of us who are believers in this together are equally yoked. Yeah. And we need to encourage, you know, one of my favorite things is when you and I text and if you text me and like, Hey, I need some prayers. I stop everything I'm doing that minute. And I go, Aaron needs these prayers. And I know you do the same thing for me. And I, that is, we need that. Right. So, mm-hmm. so I would also really encourage men. Hey, if you don't have a band of brothers, I, I was, I had lunch with, or dinner with my, my personal brother, my real little brother um, about a year ago. And I was talking to him and I was like, Hey, do you have a Peter, James, and John? Mm-hmm. And you know, the waitress walks by and goes, Oh, I don't, he goes, I don't even have a Peter. And then she kind of looks at him funny. <laughs> <laughs> and we both just start cracking up. And we were like, we were like, oh geez. And uh, and I looked at him, I said, wait a second, you don't have one Peter like in your life, you don't have that one guy. Yeah. And I was like, I'll I'll be your guy. And um and we have to, we have to have um other men because you and I and, and the men that are walking together, we can say things to each other that we will we will understand, we will take action on, we will do. And our wife could tell us the same thing. And it's just going to go in one ear, out the other. Yeah. And, and that's how you know, God wants us to work together in that stuff. So having yeah. that type of relationship is important. That's good. You know, we're going to kind of start wrapping up here, but what other challenges would you leave with our dads in the trenches? So there's a couple that I would love to get into. And I think that's a wonderful question. Um, what first is, and this goes together. It's deciding what you are for as opposed to deciding what you're against. Hmm. Right. So choosing and understanding that life is for me. Life is not against me. Hmm. And when you understand that life is for you and that things happen to you for your good and for your discipline, then it helps you to activate your why Right. And, and then once you know that now you're moving forward in a way that is uplifting and again, will be life giving and re- grow relationships as a two not. So I think it's really important as a man for me to say, I am for this. I'm choosing to be for something. I'm not choosing to be against something. Hmm. And that little, my, I mean, it's so minute, but once you make that change, it's big, right? I mean, that was that 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 was life changing for me. Is I'm deciding I'm for positivity. I'm for other men. I'm for my wife. I'm for my kids. My wife's not against me. Yeah. She may have told me to take the trash out, and she may say oh, you shouldn't do this, and I don't like when you do that. <laughs> but that's not that's not against me. She's for me because she wants to see the best me come out. Right. That's that is huge. Now, 
we have to, that's a blind spot for men, yeah. right? Because it's easy to complain. We get the blinders on, right? Yeah. And it's easy to complain um, about that. So that, I think that's really important. And then the, the, the last piece of kind of shifting and understanding is um, what are my important tasks? As a man in this world, what are the important tasks that I have to perform? And in order to get to that, you got to understand your roles. I'm a child of God. I'm a husband. I'm a dad. Uh, am I being faithful? And then what I do is I go, okay, how do I do that? I glorify God in all that I do. I set a vision for myself and then I execute the vision. And so once I've decided I'm for these things, mm -hmm. then I can say, oh, here are the tasks that I have to perform to be for those things. So I, I ask my children all the time, I was like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're still young. My oldest goes, I want to do something with horses. I said, okay, so every decision that you make, you have to think in your mind, is this going to help me become a horse farm owner? Or is this going to help me ride in this event? <laughs> and she looks at me like I'm crazy. She goes, okay. Because um, if she wanted to be a jockey, now she's too tall. She would never be a jockey. <laughs> but if she wanted to be a jockey, she couldn't go out to eat and eat burgers and fries every time. Because jockeys just don't eat burgers and fries everywhere they go, right? They're little, they're strong, but they've got to be little to ride fast on a horse. So, you know, we've got to think about if you know I'm for these things, then I have to do the activities that allows me to be able to execute that. Um, and then in that, in that, in in understanding that those tasks that come with it build you into that. Um, and then you live out your why, and it just it starts bringing everything together. Uh, into a whole person um, and what God God's vision is for your life and the glory that he wants you to give him each and every day. It's good. It's real good. You know, I like to ask this question uh, to our listeners. What do you think just every Christian man should know about what it means to be a disciple of Christ? Uh, for many years, I struggled with the idea of dying to self. Hmm. And it just, you know, for me, I grew up in the church, but not understanding what it meant to truly be a believer. Um, and then I, and then about 15 years, 16 years ago, we went through a program called Alpha that helped me figure that out. And ever since then, I've been trying to figure out how do I, how do I get closer? How do I get closer? So dying to self and glorifying God in all that I do, man's chief end is to glorify God in all that we do. That's why he made us. Mm -hmm. um, and so those two things together, I think every Christian man needs to think about and every Christian man needs to ask for, because when we die to self, we're getting rid of the little idols that clog our eye so that we can be who he needs us to be. Mm -hmm. But if you're still messing with pornography or you're drinking too much, or you don't love your wife all the time, you know, all those things, those little idols, they get in the way hmm. and it clogs your, it clogs, it's that log in the eye or really it clogs your heart. It doesn't allow your heart to be open to loving others. And um, in order to glorify God, you have to love others. And so we've got to understand, I got to die to myself. My selfish desires go away. I glorify God in everything I do. Hmm. And the, those two things as Christian men, I think are the most important things. And then everything else of the faith comes from those things. So good. Love it. Man, Jonathan, I, I really appreciate your time. Tell us um, how can our listeners connect with you and what you're doing? I appreciate that. So um, 
I'm working on this concept called the endeavoring man, and we're working on some attributes of what that is. I've talked a little bit about that today. Um, if you have any clients out there who want to talk about financial things, I love to talk about that. And I enjoy that. You can go to our website, which is EndeavorCapitalLLC.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our coaching website is strengthingendeavors.com. Okay. Um, I, w- I will have jonathankennedyjr.com as, as well. Um, on Instagram, we have leadership for your journey on Instagram. And then I'm also, I use LinkedIn a lot. So okay. um, I don't, we, we don't do any of the other stuff. Yeah. Um, but those are, that's where we can be found mostly. And on jonathankennedyjr.com will be, two blogs that are consistent. One is a Monday manly vation. Okay. So <laughs> the Monday manly vation is, is a, you know, on social media, right. They talk about uh, Monday motivation a lot. Yeah. And so one day I was, there, I was like, how can I, you know, I'm sending this out to all these men. I'm sending it to like 150 guys that I know and I'm going, okay, what's a fun kind of spunky name that I can do? And I was like, man, manly, Man levational. I was like, that's a little much. So anyway, Monday man levation goes <laughs> out every Monday. Um, and at the bottom of that, so if they want to subscribe to that, email me, Jonathan Kennedy Jr. gmail.com, and I'll put you on that list. Cool. Um, and the attributes are in there for the endeavoring man as well. Gotcha. Super. Uh, just as we close out this time, Jonathan, would you just take a minute and pray for us, pray for our listeners? Yeah. Um, and let me just, before I do that, Aaron, just, I'm just so encouraged by dad in the trenches and what you do and um, love getting to know you over the last year and just really excited about where this is going and what you're doing in your life. So I appreciate um, that. Thank you. Keep up, keep going and keep doing your thing and, and keep uh, encouraging all of us to be better. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. Father God, thank you so much for Aaron and dad in the trenches and what he's doing in his, in his community for the community of men that he's influencing. Um, Thank you for how he loves his wife and his children. Thank you for how he shepherds his family uh, and how he bears that out with us. Lord, I ask that you would um, please fill the hearts and mind of each man, each man who's listening to this today with wisdom and courage and the Holy Spirit. Give us a, give us father, a spirit of boldness of understanding that it's good to be a man. Men are important. We have an important role to play in our society. We have an important role to play in our families, that our children know what the role is. And when our children exhort us to certain activities, it's because in their hearts, they just want the, uh, the perfect dad. And we know we'll never be perfect, Lord, but we, we please just let us hear what they're telling us and internalize that and, and be open to that. And Father, I pray for all the um, all the men that, that they will love their wives unconditionally and that they will show her the true love that Jesus showed us by sacrificing himself. Um, and I just thank you so much for that opportunity, Father. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my beautiful daughters. I thank you for my family. I thank you for all the experiences you've given to us um, and, and how uh, those experiences shape us and we get to lo- love each other and grow And I just ask that each man that's listening to this will find his band of brothers, Lord, and that if he doesn't find them, he will create them, that you will just move in the hearts and minds of everybody affected with dad in the trenches and what Aaron's doing. Um, Thank you so much, Father, for this opportunity in this life. We know that 
We are not home yet, but we look forward to being there with you in all of your glory. And we ask and pray this all in your son Jesus' name, the name above all names. Amen. Amen. Super. Jonathan, thank you again, brother. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Great. Guys, dads, friends, we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.